Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Acacia Podcast, where we are having real talk, practicing real faith, and growing deep roots. I'm your host, Chris Fields, and I appreciate you taking some time out of your weekend to have a conversation with me, and I hope that you've had a good week so far. Um, This weekend, my twins turned six years old, and it's always a really reflective time for me around their birthday because, I mean, it's just mind-blowing that people literally didn't exist, and then they grow inside of your belly, and then they're here and they're like little people with distinctive personalities and um, special giftings that God has given them, um, their own unique challenges. It just blows my mind. So I'm so grateful for them. The little people that they are, um, I have so enjoyed watching them and being a part of their cultivation and grateful that God entrusted me, entrusted them to me. And I've just really felt God carrying my husband and I through the parenting journey so far. And and prayerfully, we have a long way to go, but I can just see so much of God's grace. And so when their birthday rolls around, it's always just a natural point of reflection for for me to remember that God is faithful, that he has been faithful and he will be faithful because I mean, you can try to prepare as best as possible. And we did. We did all the classes and, you know, twin breastfeeding classes and baby CPR and a couple from church. Shout out to Mitch and Sherry. We love you. Um, They walked us through this preparation for parenting um, curriculum that was wonderful. And all those things have have benefited us, but nothing prepares you. to bring two little babies home, or even one for that matter, um, and to care for them. So I'm just grateful for God's grace in the journey. Um, So I think I've mentioned before that I am reading through the book of Genesis, and I'm just having a really great time. I am just falling more in love with the book and the story and the Bible and the God of the Bible as I and reading through it. And where I was at some point this week was um, in chapter 20. And I was reading Genesis chapter 20, and I had a realization. I was like, Abraham, Abraham be lying, (laughs) period. He be lying to save himself. And I just... I was really intrigued by that, so I've I've been reading a lot of the commentary about Abraham's kind of decisions that he made, because, you know, Abraham is like the father of the faith, right? So he's the initial person that God decided to make this covenant with, and um, Jesus came from the line of Abraham, which I'm sure many of you know, but if you don't read the Bible and you've never read the Bible, I'm just giving you a little extra commentary so you can follow the conversation. So God made this covenant after sin became so pervasive on the earth and everybody was just doing whatever they wanted to do. God saw that there needed to be salvation for the world. And God approached Abraham and said, hey, Abraham, I want to make a covenant with you. 
I'm going to make a great nation from you and your offspring will be a blessing to the entire world. So that's like the promise in a nutshell. Like, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless the entire world through you. And basically what God was saying is that your children's children, 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 like I'm going to give you this land, this promised land, this nation, these people, and through your bloodline, there will come a savior that will bless the whole world. That savior is Jesus. So Jesus, the Messiah, is a direct descendant of Abraham that we meet uh, somewhere up in Genesis. So chapter 20, um, I'm gonna have to read a little bit of scripture in this episode to make it make sense, okay? So the point here is that Abraham be lying. And Genesis, Chapter 20, verse 1, starts off like this. From there, Abraham traveled to the region of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While he was staying in Greer, Abraham said to his wife, Sarah, she is my sister. I'm sorry. Abraham said about his wife, Sarah, she's my sister. So King Abimelech of Greer had Sarah brought to him. But God came to him in a dream by night and said to him, You're about to die because of the woman you've taken, for she is a married woman. So it goes on to kind of explain how Abimelech had no idea. He's like, are you going to destroy? He asked God, like, are you going to destroy a whole nation even though this is innocent? He said to me, this is my sister. Like, he told me that. And she herself said, this is my brother. I did this with a clear conscience and clean hands. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this with a clear conscience. I've also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I have not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, know that you will certainly die, you and all who are yours. So, the next morning, Abimelech was like, I don't want the smoke. I'm going to go ahead and return this man's wife. I don't, I don't want these problems. And he did that. So I just think it's so interesting that Abraham did this. And I think it was more interesting because this was not the first time. So I want to take y'all back to Genesis chapter 12. So in Genesis chapter 12, that's the chapter where God called Abraham and made this covenant with him. So, and I kind of paraphrased it, but since it's right here in front of me, I'm just going to read it. It says, Abraham chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and his nephew Lot went with him. It goes on and on and on, okay? So Abraham believed God. He's like, this sounds amazing. Let's do it. But then um, in verse 10, this was the first time we see Abraham specifically lying about his wife. Um and the Bible does tell us that his wife was beautiful, okay? 
And by the way, Sarai, Abraham's uh, wife's name before God changed it to Sarah, that's my middle name. So I love that we share that. That's my mom got it from here. And I, in turn, have named both of my daughters have that middle name. So my daughters, myself, Abraham's wife, we all share the same name, Sarai. Fun fact. Okay, so chapter 10, it says this. There was a famine in the land, so Abraham went down to Egypt to stay there for a while because the famine in the land was severe. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, look, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife? They will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister so it will go well for me because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abram well because of her. And Abram's acquired flocks and herds, male and female donkeys, male and female slaves, and camels. Verse 17. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh sent Abraham and said, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her as my wife? Now here is your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave his men orders about him and they sent him away with his wife and all he had. So that's the very first time we see Abram lying about his wife. And so I was really struck by the fact that he did this a second time, less than 10 chapters later. Um, and then in chapter 16, there's a story of Hagar and Ishmael. The lies continue. When I was thinking through this episode, I kept seeing in my mind, y'all know that meme that, it, or no, it's not a meme, it's a GIF, G-I-F, however you say that. And it's Candy Burris, and she's just like, the lies, the lies. That's what, that's what this makes me think of, because Abraham and his wife, Sarai, was just out here just lying and being deceptive, even though we know that, you know, they were righteous people um, because of their faith in Christ. So, again, in chapter 16, Abraham's wife, you see something coming out. I won't call it a lie, but... Her, you see her anxiety coming out because she's like, okay, I'm old. I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to have this this child that God has promised, but it's not happening for me. Like I, it's not happening. I don't I don't see God's promise being fulfilled just yet. So we had I have this female slave Hagar. How about I just hand her to my husband, and they can you know go ahead and be intimate and they can have a son together, and the promised child can come that way. And they did that. And um, you have to go back and read it for yourself, but I'll just say that led to a lot of hurt and pain and destruction. So just want to point out that Abraham's lies that he told in verse, uh, I'm sorry, in chapter 12 and also in chapter 20 about his wife being his sister those lies were motivated by fear. He was afraid. He was afraid that his life would not be preserved. He was afraid that 
something bad would happen to him. And he took matters into his own hands. He's like, I, I'm afraid I have to figure out a plan and I have to fix this so that it will go well for me. And so he devised this plan with his wife to basically give her over to another man <laughs> so that he can live. Um, and I was joking with Rick, I'm like, would you hand me over um, so that you wouldn't die? So it's just, it's interesting. It's a funny thing to think about in our culture and context. But anyway, um, the lies were motivated by fear. And I think it's very clear that Abraham's fear led to self-effort. And Abraham's self-effort led to pain and suffering for him and for his wife and um, also for others who had nothing to do with it. So Pharaoh's household in chapter 12, they got, it says that God struck them with severe plague. So you see suffering and pain brought on them. And I'm sure they're not innocent by any stretch of the imagination, but basically Abraham's decision and his self-effort ended up having suffering and pain for them and also for him because he doesn't know what's going on with his wife. And the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of like how he was thinking, but just imagine your wife whom you love and you enjoy is off in another household with another man as his wife when it's really your wife because you gave her away. Like imagine the turmoil that he was feeling in that situation. Um, so he, you know, there's pain. Imagine how Sarai feels She's in the household of another man that she did not, you know, decide to be with because her husband is kind of being a punk. Like, let's just call it what it is. Like, he's he's being cowardly, and he's not trusting God. And I know I'm, that might sound harsh, but trust me, I see myself all up and through this story, which we'll get to a little bit later. But it causes pain for them and for others. So Abraham's fear led to self-effort and it causes pain. The consequences that he suffered and others suffered as well. And we know that in Genesis chapter 15, there's a verse, chapter six, I'm sorry, verse six that says, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. So when we read about Abraham and we remember that Abraham is the father of the faith, it is not because he was sinless or he did everything right or he just needed to grow and mature. And once he matured, he went on to live out his life perfectly. That's not how the story goes. That did not happen. Abraham continued to fall short, to sin, to be fearful, um, to, to strive in self-effort in different ways over and over and over again. But I think what we do see also is that he took these times where God had been faithful and you do see his faith building or um, a shameless plug for this podcast. We talk about practicing real faith and growing deeper roots, right? We do see Abraham growing deeper roots and being able to trust God more and being able to be obedient the first time instead of um, doing stuff his own way. We do see that growth over time. So, and I'm not even, I'm not even finished with his life. I'm not at the point yet where Abraham has died. 
So I'm sure that God will give me more insight to how Abraham's faith has, has grown over time. But ultimately, what matters is Genesis 15 and 6, that the reason Abraham is viewed as righteous is because he believed the Lord and God credited to him as righteousness. It wasn't because of his good works or his perfect obedience that he was able to um, be this father of the faith. It was because he trusted in God. And the same is true um, for us. And, you know, as I'm reading this story of Abraham's life, it makes me so grateful for his story. It makes me grateful for the Bible. It makes me grateful for the God of the Bible because I'm Chris Fields and I too am fearful. I too take my fear oftentimes and that motivates me to strive in self-effort. Like I try to figure it out. I start doing stuff and taking matters into my own hands that lead to um, pain and suffering for me and for others in my life. Like I do the same thing. So when I read this, I can easily see the flaws of Abraham, but I also see my own heart. And that's my encouragement to you today, to just take time to think about what's happening in your heart, what's growing in the garden of your heart. It may be fear. Um, you know, God gives us emotions, and as again, I'm a feeler. I think about emotions. I am learning to be much more mature and wise with my emotions, um, not to demonize them or cast them aside, but really to hold them up to the light of Christ and allow God to do with them to produce something beautiful as a result of them. So I think it's important to embrace our emotions as something that God gives us to indicate what's happening, and to send us on a trajectory towards growth in him. So when you, when you evaluate what's happening in your heart, um, is it pride? Sometimes we feel pride, but we feel pride in our accomplishments. It could be that, like I am um, doing this thing that's producing good results. And I recognize that my heart is moving towards pride. Or I have this situation or this circumstance or this work thing or this friendship thing or this relational thing or my kids are getting on my nerves and I don't know how to handle it. I don't want to yell at them, but I find myself yelling at them. It could be any number of things um, that we're experiencing where we really need to invite God in. We need to see it. We need to see it clearly and invite God in. So we talk about having real talk, and I am hoping to have real talk here on this mic um, as an overflow of what is happening in my heart, but I think it's even more important um, to have real talk with God, our Father, our Creator, so that He can help us to turn the real talk into practicing faith and growing deeper roots in him. And we can't always see what's happening. Like, I have been practicing for a long time understanding my emotions and processing through it uh, with, a, with a lens towards 
God's word, right? That's something that I've been very intentionally practicing for a while. And so it's a place where I feel like God has allowed me to have some sense of growth. However, I recognize that that's not easy. It's not easy to address the things that are happening in your heart, especially when they're really hard things or things that you may feel shame or guilt about. It's not easy, but I think it's important to um, invite, if you're struggling with that, I'll just say, I think it's important to keep working at it. Invite other people into it. It may be a trusted friend. It may be um, a lady at church or an elder at your church or um, just someone who you can trust to kind of talk through what's happening in your heart. And I think what I've learned is that most people, you have to tell them to not just try to make you feel better. Because I think naturally our inclination is when someone's telling us something hard that they're dealing with, we don't want them to feel shame, or we do. Like either we're going to try to guilt trip them further or we're going to try to alleviate all of their concerns. So we'll say, oh, well, it's okay. That's, you know, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I feel like you have to intentionally tell people that this is a place you want to grow to see these things the way that God wants you to. And you don't want them to just excuse. And you don't want them to cast judgment. You just want them to listen and point you to Christ. And I think also that's a practice. So you might it might take some thoughtfulness and prayer to determine um, who that person or who those people are in your life. But you do have to figure out a way to invite someone into the conversation and definitely God into the conversation. So, and I think that's because you just, you just don't know what you don't know. And it's hard to see when things become so natural, especially our emotions, oftentimes they just live there rent-free. And we, we really need help to identify what it says about what we're believing. Um, my husband and I like to make, uh, we have a Vitamix, which shout out to Vitamix. It's my favorite kitchen appliance, and we use it every single day. Um, we have this Vitamix, and a while ago, the container had gotten really cloudy, and I took it on a couple's, my good friends, we go on a little couple's retreat every year, and I brought my Vitamix, and they were clowning us so hard, like, <laughs> just talking about how cloudy it was and like they're like uh is this thing trustworthy and so after that I was like well let me just reach out to Vitamix and see what they say um I had learned that I wasn't caring for it properly and so I was like let me just reach out and they have excellent customer service they sent me a new one right over they were like you know we're not responsible for this this is really like a cosmetic thing that you know not caring for it properly has created but because we value you as a customer, we're going to send you out a new one. So I got my new one at some point this summer, and I have been taking such good care of my new container so that next time I take it on the trip, my friends don't have nothing to say because it's going to look good. But anyway, in, in trying to take care of it, um, my husband puts like chia seeds in his smoothie, in his spinach smoothie, and the chia seeds turn into like this gelatinized uh, 
like a jelly substance and they stick to the size of the container. So Rick, when he makes his smoothie, he usually just like rinse it out real quick because he leaves early. I make mine like later in the in the day. And so it's usually not a problem because I'm just going to clean it out before I make mine. But I was telling him um, recently, I'm like, babe, when you put these chia seeds in, you can't just like rinse it with soapy water. You actually have to wash it because these chia seeds stick to the walls and you can't see it. And he swore up and down that it was clean. I'm like, babe, it's not clean. He's like, look, there's nothing. And so I was like, let me show this man that this thing is not clean. So I put some soap in and I filled it up with water and I made the soap foam up so that the whole container was white. And when the container was white, you could see all the little chia seed dots all over the Vitamix. It's probably like 20 of them that he missed. And I thought, later, I was thinking about that and I thought, man, this is exactly how it is. Like, we often can't see what's there. We cannot unless it's exposed to something that will shed light on it. Like, that's how our hearts are. There's so many things growing in the gardens of our heart and we just, we think we know what's going on, but, and we, we may even try to investigate. Like, we may be going to therapy and doing all the things and trying to investigate and you still can't really see what's there because you need to be exposed to the solution that will bring truth and light. In, in the case of this Vitamix, it was Dawn and water, making it soapy and making it turn white. In the case of our hearts, it's the light of Christ. It is the word of God that will show us what's really taking place in our heart so that we can bring it to God and practice the faith to grow the roots and see good things in our hearts and in our lives. That's what God wants for us. So I hope that you feel encouraged to just bring these things to God. You can read through Genesis and see that God has been faithful. He is a faithful God. He's been faithful. He was faithful to Abraham and he will continue to be faithful to you. So I just want to pray. Um, thank you all for listening today. And I pray that you are encouraged. All right, Father, I just thank you for who you are. Thank you for the Bible. Um, thank you for your character. Thank you for being a God who is with us and for us. Would you please forgive us for not trusting you? Just like we see in Abraham, um, we too oftentimes do not trust you. And we strive in self-effort and we take matters into our own hand. Would you forgive us? Would you help us to turn to you and to experience the same grace and mercy that you gave to Abraham? Help us to experience that too. Let our weakness lead us to you. And would you change us and do a good work in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged by this. I feel like I've said that like five times, but I do. That's always my prayer. Like, Lord, please let people be encouraged when they hear this. Um, and if you've enjoyed this episode or other episodes, I ask that you would consider subscribing, giving us a rating, and sharing with a friend so that maybe you all can discuss it together. The reason I'm asking this is because 
when you get ratings and you get comments and things like that, it helps for the algorithm to expose your podcast to other people. And that's what I want. I want more people to be exposed to what I'm sharing here. So it really helped me out. If you do that, I'd appreciate it. And I'm going to let you get back to your day. Hope you have a good one. See you on the next episode.